Good morning. So I don't know if this would have happened when Pastor Daniel was around, but I think what he just told you is that you're going to have two preachers this morning. <laughs> thanks for thanks for uh, giving the pulpit up, brother, and uh, and for giving me an opportunity. Uh, what a what joy it is to be here as Becky and I served uh, with you for four and a half, five years in the early early 2000 to 2005, around that time, uh, in the seminary here, and just as a part of this church, it's it's a delight. It's really a delight to be back, uh, as we have been a few times, but uh, to be back again. And Marco and Lydia, it really is a joy to to be here, uh, wherever you find yourself at this time. Oh, there you are. Okay, I didn't know if they put you on children's church duty or something to keep, get the best as, as they can out of you while you're still here. But uh, it's such a joy to be here for, for this time with you all. Um, we've had the joy of getting to know Marco through uh, through his joining Baptist Mid-Missions. It's my, one of my jobs to uh, bring in uh, new missionaries through an application process and interview and all those things. Uh, and so it's, it's just been a joy to get to know you, Marco. Uh, we knew Lydia as, as part of this church and, uh, got to serve with her in BMM and then to, to bring Marco through that process and join him, uh, together, uh, with us has been really a delight. And, uh, these are choice servants of the Lord. And we're so delighted that God has, has directed them to serve uh, with our EBI team, uh, putting, uh, godly, theologically correct materials in the Spanish speaking world all over the globe. Uh, and for them to have such an important role, uh, in that process is really a, a joy. Well, we love the miraculous, don't we? We love the extravagant stories of what God is doing around the world. We, we think, for example, of this recent news of revival at Asbury uh, College or uh, news of churches being planted and uh, people coming to know the Lord in great masses. We just love the miraculous. We love to look for the extraordinary and to uh, talk about that and to, to repost it and so forth and to rejoice in those things. But I'd like to remind you, did you know that the regular meeting of this church is characteristic of what God is actually doing in the world today? This is what God is about. And you have come here, you, you meet regularly with this body, you participate in the life of this body, and that is how Christ is building his church and how he is at work today. Ephesians 3 tells us that in this church age, when the gospel is spreading among all nations, that he is making his manifold wisdom known to the heavenly powers and authorities. How? Through the church. The ministry that takes place here, week in and week out, is important. Therefore, the ordinary work of sending and supporting missionaries is a solemn endeavor. It marks a moment when, uh, as a church, by the leading of the Holy Spirit and with his empowerment, you are doing something to address the darkness that pervades our world. It's the dispatching of light, an offensive of light, into the realm of darkness. So Colonial Baptist Church, as it has in the past, and we have been the beneficiaries of that of that ministry, must continue to send missionaries and to send them well. So we rejoice in what is happening here today. First of all, I want to call your attention. I'll be in two different places this morning, somehow in 20 minutes, might be 22. Uh, in Acts chapter 13 first, 
to, to make the point just as a basis for what we're, we're doing here today and what we're talking about, that God wants local churches to send missionaries. God expects local churches to send missionaries. What gives you the right to send out gospel workers? Acts 13 is the primary place uh, in Scripture to answer this question and to inform inform us about the priority of the church in missions. The events recorded in chapters 11 and 12 set the stage of Acts 13. The text from uh, chapter 11, verse 19 on records how God used the persecution of the church and the martyrdom of Stephen to spread his gospel further outside of Jerusalem, including to the city of Antioch which is a city up the Mediterranean coast in Syria. The Lord worked in a great way there to establish this group of believers. It became a dynamic church growing uh, where the gospel was taking root and where its leaders were spirit-filled and many people were being discipled and a church was functioning as God intended. Chapter 12 goes on to record further persecution of the church, especially in Jerusalem. And in this context of really political turmoil and even natural disaster, we see there was a famine in Jerusalem at this time. Antioch became a growing and healthy church, despite the odds, we might even say. So we come to Acts 13, and let's read briefly verses 1 through 4. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a member of the court of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And it continues to record what becomes known as Paul's first missionary journey. Note a few observations that that we do well to take to heart here in just these few verses. The sending of Paul and Barnabas took place in the midst of an ongoing atmosphere of worship, prayer, and fasting. So when a church is connected to God, when there is an active uh, ministry of worship and of prayer and of the word, when that is happening, he works and he sends. Also, the sending was directed by the Holy Spirit. It was theirs to obey his leading. So the Lord chose those who were actively serving in the ministry and they sent, the church sent their best. God placed the initiative and authority on the church, not on the individuals. However, it's interesting how it was consistent with this, this moving of God through the church was consistent with God's work, personal work in Barnabas and, and Saul. So as a congregation, you as a body and we as churches, local churches and the leaders of this church are a vital part of what God wants to do through the local body. Where you see potential and gifting in an individual, uh, take heed to that and pray that God would make his plans clear and be prepared to send them uh, to the nations. So just some brief observations of this very important text that sets the stage and reminds us that God wants local churches to send missionaries. This was the first of many uh, that, that God would, would do to, to demonstrate what he wanted to do through the local body of believers. 
So God wants local churches to send missionaries, and just as important as it is for you to send, it's also important to that you send and support your missionaries well. Third John is the second text that we want to go to today to observe what it means to send missionaries well. Third John. I know we don't turn there often, and if you're not careful, you'll page right past it. So we'll take a moment to all find it. Right before Jude and then Revelation. Third John. Let's read together verses 1 through 8. If I had uh, my wishes, we could read the whole thing, but we, we do have many things to accomplish here this morning. So, 3 John, verse 1. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testify to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. We'll stop there. How do we know that these people, these brothers and strangers that, that evidently Gaius had, had cared for and had treated in such a, a kind and gracious manner, how do we know that these are uh, missionaries? Well, it says there in verse 7 that they have gone out for the sake of the name. And that in helping them, you would be fellow workers for the truth. And so I think it's a, it's a appropriate and proper conclusion to come to that, in a sense, this was Gaius and the church gathered uh, with him in their effort to support and to help these missionaries on their way. And we take from this some very practical and helpful lessons for us as a church in sending our missionaries and supporting our missionaries well. So this second section, this second part, I just want to emphasize the point that you have not only an obligation to send, but you have an obligation to send, you have an obligation to support your missionaries uh, in, in all of the, the whole endeavor and in all that they're doing, to support them well. He says, first of all, that it's a faithful thing in verse 5. It's a faithful thing. As in verse 3, it said that Gaius was walking in the truth. Gaius was obediently following the gospel. Gaius had responded to the gospel of Christ and was living out the truth in his life. How so? In a, in a very particular way, he, it was a faithful thing. He was acting faithfully and loyal to Christ in the way he had cared for these gospel workers. It was proof of the fact that he was walking in the truth. His walk was consistent with his talk. Not so for Diotrephes in verse 9. We didn't read that, but as you go to verse 9 and following, Diotrephes is called out by John because he, for one thing, he had rejected these gospel workers. So it's a faithful thing. He also says in verse 6 that you will do well to send them. It is good and proper for you to lovingly and consistently support 
for example, the Garibaldis. It is good. You do well to support them, to send them. Your work, therefore, is pleasing to God. And just as goodness is a fruit of the Spirit, you display the fruit of the Spirit and you do well to send them. He goes further in verse 8 to say, therefore, we ought to support people like these. So you have an obligation to support missionaries. It's a faithful thing. You do well to do it. And in fact, you ought to do it. He puts it in terms of our moral and ongoing obligation. The Bible says that a body of believers ought to do a number of things. And this is one of them. Just as you are to love one another, as he says in 1 John, you ought to love one another. You also ought to support missionaries in this way. So how should you support missionaries? Well, he, he gets down to some nuts and bolts here in, in describing this. In verses 5 and 6, he says that you ought to support them with effort. There's an emphasis in these verses, verses 5 and 6, on doing, on effort, and on work. In this picture that is being painted uh, of care for missionaries, there's no half-heartedness. I think this is important as as we move about, Becky and I, and, and, and we're in a lot of different churches, uh, churches like this church that are founded on the truth and that, that seek to follow the Lord faithfully, uh, they support missionaries, right? They, they often have it displayed on a board in the hallway or in some other kind of website or some other place, and, and they uh, have the, this display of, of how many missionaries they're supporting and how they're doing it. And it can easily become just another program, just something that, that we do and that we just... Don't even take the time to think about. And so what I'm trying to encourage you in is, is this idea to, to do this with, with passion, to do it with intentionality, to do it with effort. What effort are you putting into this, uh, this work that your church is doing of sending and supporting missionaries? He says to do, to send them, to support them with effort, but secondly, with love. As he says in verse 6. They testified to your love before the church. As is consistent with Christ's example and the great commandment, Gaius demonstrated real love, the kind that was noticed by the church, noticed by the Apostle John, and most importantly, noticed by the Lord. Think for a moment, how have you been loved? How have you been loved by the Lord Jesus Christ? None of us deserve to, to be here today. None of us deserve to have a, uh, an, an open heart toward, toward the things of the Lord, to have the joy of the Lord in our hearts, to have a relationship with Christ. We are so far from deserving that. We are blind and dead in sin, but yet Christ in his goodness has, has opened our eyes to the fact that we are sinners and that without him we are headed to a Christless eternity of condemnation and of torment. And yet he's opened our eyes to the fact that we need his substitution on the cross, his substitutionary sacrifice for us. He's given us salvation. That is the love that we have experienced from the Lord. And with that love, uh, we are to love others. How could you love your missionaries in a similar way? Biblical love requires sacrificial, selfless giving, understanding. Take time to understand uh, Marco and Lydia and what their needs are inconveniencing yourself, digging a bit deeper to know someone else's needs. 
missionaries have, have various needs, and, and for the most part, they're too shy to tell you about it, right? You have to, you have to understand them. You have to talk to them. You have to know them. You have to uh, see how you can help. I'll give you some examples here in, in a moment. So we support our missionaries with effort and with love, but also by providing for their needs. In verse 6, he uses the words, send them on their journey. Of course, this is in a different time, a different place. But what is referred to there was assisting someone in their journey with all manner of provisions, with food, with money, with traveling companions, with the means of travel, etc., etc. Also in verse 8, he talk, he just uses that word uh, to support. That word involves assisting missionaries in all that is needed as they go about their ministry. It talks about more than just support, quote unquote, missionary support, you know, in the, in the way that we think of it in our churches, write the check, you know, send the money. It, it certainly involves that, but it means to receive them, to welcome them, to show hospitality. Especially in this, in this case, as these guys were itinerant gospel workers, they passed through where Gaius was and he received them and he, he treated them with hospitality. Hospitality is a, is a great principle, a great word, a great idea to keep in mind when it comes to how to support your missionaries. We've all been recipients of, of wonderful hospitality. How we ought to, to do that for our mission family, for the ones that we serve and support. It's a necessary element to any church fellowship, but it's essential that your missionaries know this kind of care and love. Becky and I have had the privilege of, of experiencing this kind of thing. Uh, just a few examples. I, I, I know that uh, in, in traveling around, we've heard of churches that help missionaries in, in um, just asking what they can do, offering to travel with them uh, as they move about on deputation to help the help them get support by making contacts for them, to help uh, in counseling them in matters related to their various spiritual or physical concerns. They offer them time sacrificially to be on their fields with them and to serve them. Our own family has experienced, uh, I remember one time when we, we came into our home church for just a couple of days, and we only packed clothes for a couple of days, and the church happened to be having some uh, uh, some special emphasis Bible conference type of meetings, and the preaching was was so good. And we were in the middle of deputation, always giving out every weekend, kind of saying the same thing, you know. Every weekend the kids kind of roll their eyes, oh, here goes Dad again, talking about Romania. And, and uh, this was kind of our life, and we showed up in our home church and just this refreshing preaching, but we had to leave. We didn't have enough clothes. And somebody in the church knew about our need, and they just gave us a hundred bucks. Just said, go out to the mall, buy yourself some more clothes so you can stay here for some more days and enjoy this good preaching. That was such a blessing. I remember being back at Colonial one time on one furlough, or, or maybe it was in deputation time. And the church, one of the special things that they did that week was to take us men out and to buy us a suit, a new suit. Uh, you, you know, a new suit back then, who knows, maybe... Uh, That wasn't an easy purchase and such a blessing to experience that kind of hospitality. Further, it's important once they're on the field to seek ways to understand their real needs and create opportunities to address those needs. Pray about it. Lord, what can I do to make Marco and Lydia's ministry advance? God will help you. And as you pray for their specific needs, as you read their prayer letters, and as you talk to them and ask them questions, and you're praying for them, God will reveal to you how you can step in and be a part. He says, finally, how should you support missionaries in a manner worthy of God? He says in verse 6, this is a big ask. 
Your support and love for them ought to reflect God in that it should be generous and it should be done with all sincerity and with passion. And finally, why you should support missionaries. He says in verse 7 that they have gone out for the sake of the name. The cause is worthy. The cause is worthy. There are so many causes out there that, that, is, that are calling for your, your attention, your support, and your care. What cause greater than to send workers out for the sake of the gospel? The cause is worthy. Also, their character is pure. He says they accept nothing from the Gentiles. Missionaries give their lives for an unselfish cause. They could be doing so many other things. These are qualified people with advanced degrees even that could make money in, in various uh, venues and various vocations, but they've given themselves to this work. And finally, the work will be yours. Why support missionaries? Because the work will be yours. He says that we may be fellow helpers of the truth. Just as in 2 John, John warns his readers not to support and receive certain false teachers because in doing so they would become partakers in their evil deeds, the opposite is true in 3 John. In helping these true believers, these gospel workers that are teaching the truth, you are participating in the truth. You are participating in their good deeds. The work is yours. Of course, great care is needed in in sending out those that are certainly proclaiming the truth and that are participating in the ministry in a a correct and, and theologically proper way. When you partner with those that are godly and biblical workers, we can rejoice with them at the victories. We can pray with them for for fruit and, and the wisdom that's needed. We can cry with them at the losses. Why? Because it's your work too. So what you're doing here today is of eternal significance. We're reminded through the through the worship time, we're reminded through the reading of Scripture that, that we are a part of a bigger picture. God's work is eternal. He is, he is building his church. And one day he will reign forever. And we are going for that, for that, uh, eternity. We are living for that eternity. But that doesn't mean that, that we can just do whatever we want here and now. We live with purpose. We live with, with, with our brothers and sisters and with these gospel workers with care, with intentionality, with true biblical love and living out the gospel as we relate to them and send them well. So I urge you, uh, they've been here, there, and everywhere, and, and even now you're tempted to start forgetting about them. But as they move to Florida someday soon, don't lose touch. Don't stop caring. Don't stop working. Don't stop investing in them because you are fellow helpers with the truth. May God bless your work, and may he turn it into fruit for his kingdom.